Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books, and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There's a link in the description down below. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name, of course, is Sunny. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Caleb. Hello! And of course, we want to thank everybody for joining us today on this wonderful, beautiful Tuesday morning. So, of course, we want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, starting with ETB Games, who you heard an ad for at the beginning of this episode. We also want to thank Gem Accessories and Millennium Threads. There's links with discount codes down below. Let us know if the discount code isn't working. Uh, we did hear that one of them wasn't working. We're working on fixing that. Yeah. Bear with us. Also, be sure to check out um, TCG Player and Dragon Shield uh, accessories. We have links with their affiliate links down below. So full disclosure, we do get a kickback when you shop mm -hmm. using those links. They do help the podcast to stay alive. And what's our next goal for something that we want to get for ourselves with like money earned for the podcast? Because I feel like it's like a, a good thing to be very public about and forthcoming. Fair. Um, I was thinking we could probably get a little mini computer so that way we can record our streams a little better yeah well, so or not our streams uh or we can do our guest recordings a little better yeah yeah so <clears throat> i want to get like little uh, lapel mics not necessarily for when we're recording here in studio yeah. but more like say we are like out recording gameplay or something like that or if we're like at an event and we want to record an interview with somebody and we can get, they make like wireless Bluetooth lapel mics yeah. that you can clip on and they sync to your phone for audio. So something like that would be really cool. Also, uh, some studio lights, some mm -hmm. more lighting in here because the lighting is not that great in here. We try. Yeah, we, we've, we have a ring light, so that's something. Yeah. We've done a lot with the little that we have. Yes, for sure. And uh, the people that have supported that the most are our wonderful patrons. So uh, a huge thank you to our wonderful patrons, starting with Cam Yang, Dragon Maid Stunzied, Kane Martin, Zyphrus, Yeet Defeat, Blackwing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best Floodgate, Branded Kage, the Gap Tooth Rascal, Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi, Has Anyone Actually Read Toy Vendor, 
HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln. Look, can we just admit NNN is a floodgate at this point? Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game is a Floodgate, Sprite Farter, the Top Cut Podcast is proudly sponsored by Tier Lumen Zero, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Rogue, and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck. AD, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Cyberdank, Puffer Dragon. Don't listen to the guy who hates rogue decks. He's just salty. He got clapped by Rika. Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Fur Hire Dog Turd, Herios Pebble Cereal, Jerry Beans Man, Cam, the Disciple of Caleb's Waifu Philosophy, King Henry, Old Pan Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Sky Striker Maneuver, Scoop, Slaking It Up. Scoop. Scoop them up. Yeah. Uh, and slaking it up thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast we do want to like really thank the patrons whenever we can because i've said it once i'll say it again they literally make this production happen so oh yeah and the next thing to do is we got something cool we got we got got a review yeah so we do have a new review on apple podcast this review actually came in like two, two months ago but we just now saw it, so... Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, we do try to read the reviews and thank people that leave reviews when we can. And we like to read out those nice reviews that y'all leave on the podcast. So, uh, a huge thank you to Manny from She, Chai, C-H-I. It sounds like, looks, looks like it should be Chicago. Maybe. But it's just C-H-I. But Manny from Chi, Chai, Chai, I think Chai. Uh, to great podcasts, and it's one of the reasons I got back into the game after a decade break. Love listening and watching their YouTube apps. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. There's a lot more work going into the YouTube than it might seem like based off quality of video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, our YouTube is our next thing that we want to grow by a lot because... Uh, well, we think that the possibilities are kind of just like endless on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We actually have an episode coming next week that is going to be... We've already recorded it, but it's taking a long time to edit because there's just a lot happening on the episode. To be fair, it's also an hour long instead of like... No, it's an hour and 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, nearly... Yeah, it's much It's It's over an hour and a half. It's It's a little over an hour and a half. It's much longer and there's a lot more actual editing going into this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this one, it's a guest episode. And I'm not going to spoil who the guest is, but I'm just going to say you should be subscribed to our YouTube because... The reaction shots, just the the silly faces made in that particular episode are worth subscribing to our YouTube alone just for that. It's going to be an amazing episode. I'm telling you now, I cannot express enough how awesome this episode is going to be. Yeah. So be sure to go ahead and check out our YouTube if you're not already subscribed. And with that said, let's go ahead and get on into the episode. So... Today, we wanted to do something a little bit different, which I feel like I say a lot, but we actually did today. Well, I mean, we normally we do something a little, a little different from the previous episode. Yeah, so we're going to spend the entire episode doing mailbag questions. Because we got a lot of them. Yes, because I tagged the entire Discord server and I said, send us mailbag questions. So, we want to go ahead and... I like the idea of doing like a full mailbag question, a full mailbag episode every now and then just to kind of talk to, you know, have that discourse with the community and have that rapport with the community. Yeah, a little back and forth. Yeah, for sure. And if you are wanting to ask us your burning questions, then join our Discord server. There's a link down below to join our Discord server. We haven't been running the uh, we haven't been running the, the remote dual tournaments lately. We might start that up again in either January or February. Uh, I'm not entirely sure yet because it's like a lot to do. Like it, it takes a lot of like time and effort and stuff. Yeah. But we're not ruling out doing it again soon. So stay tuned for that. All right. So next, let's go ahead and hit the first couple of questions. Um, do you guys have any Thanksgiving traditions? This is an older question. Caleb, mm-hmm. focus. Wait. Well, we answered that like... Did we? Yeah, yeah, we answered that a while ago. Okay. If you guys had a dollar for every bolt card in your possession, how rich would you be? Broke. I don't... I, I'd, I'd have more money than I have now. I'd probably only have like 800 bucks. Okay. I would have between ten and 15000 Probably... I don't know. I Okay. So, I have this habit 
of buying collections. Yeah. Sometimes when I don't necessarily have the money to do it, it's a problem. Yeah, but if I see a really, really good deal on a collection, I'll go after it. Especially if it's tons of bulk. I love bulk. I don't necessarily love like going through it. Like like straight like common bulk, but like just like random hollow bulk. Oh, my heart melts. Like if I see that like that big 5000 count 5 rows box and it's just full of like random hollow bulk. Oh, let me get it, dog. I need it. He has a problem. I like bulk. I like bulk. What's you, what's the issue? You don't like going through bulk. Generally, I pay Caleb to sort it for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, Caleb, here's all of my bulk. Please sort it for me and just find whatever you want out of it and you can have it. <laughs> yep. Secretly, I take all the best stuff. You know what? And I never noticed because... <laughs> exactly. You don't know what you bought. Right. I just buy it and then give it to you to sort for me. Yeah. And amazingly... Even doing that, we still can't keep up. There's still, to be fair, right now we're kind of bottlenecked because we don't have enough storage yeah. space. And I, right now, I don't have I don't have the space right now to even go through my own bulk. Yeah, yeah. I need like some more of those big five thousand count boxes. I, that's what I really need. I yeah. need like six more of them. Yeah, if we can get them next month from pay, from our from our patrons, potentially. Or we have an Amazon wish list. Oh my god. Which there's a link to that down below. And if you buy it from our Amazon wish list, it ships directly to us. Sure. I, it, it, that's that. what the list is for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's for. Generous people that want to do generous things. That's all I'm saying. Also, we have actually gotten some fan mail recently from some people that Ooh. have sent stuff to our P.O. box. Yeah, You know cool. who you are. Thank you immeasurably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to like just put people's names and stuff out there on the podcast yeah. in front of thousands of people, but you do know who you are um, and thank you immeasurably. Uh, we've gotten some very cool stuff and we are very thankful. Yes. If you, uh, uh, What kind of support would you add to make Dragon Maid playable? Okay. So they're already kind of playable as is exactly because of bestials. Yes. Just so happen to also be dragons and these six to seven, six to eight level range. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're talking about pure dragon made a link one. Yeah. A solid link one. Yeah. I think you add a link one to any archetype and it makes it better. Yeah. Like a link one searcher, a link one, anything makes every archetype better. It could be a link one vanilla. <laughs> it makes Probably. you better. Um, Let's see. By the way, a Dragon Maid sprite deck topped yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Well, I say yesterday. Saturday at a regional. Mm-hmm. Yesterday as well as we're recording. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> okay. Um, uh, if you could give an archetype a manga, which archetypes come to mind? I would like to see a slice of life Dragon Maid manga, actually. Oh, no. Don't. Don't give but this to them. No. Something along the lines of Nietzsche Joe. I don't know what that means. Explain. So there, so there's a scene in Nietzsche Joe. Uh-huh. Where it's it, it, it it's it's a slice of life anime in a middle school. Okay. Main character's middle middle school girl named Nietzsche Joe. Um there's a scene where she's where she's out in the hallway and she looks out and there's a deer in the middle of the school. Uh, okay. Because the way the school signed it's like a box mm-hmm. and then there's a part there's like a like a little little grassy area in the middle. Like a like a quad. Yeah, there's a deer there. Sure. She's like, "Why is there a deer there?" And then the and then the the principal walks up to her and she's like, "Oh, the principal take going to take care of it." He gets gored by the by the deer. <laughs> and of course she's like, "Oh no, he's dead." And he gets up and just rips his shirt off, and he's got a Kevlar vest on underneath. <laughs> what? And, Why? And then he tries to like get it out again, gets scored a second time, doesn't affect his Kevlar vest, and he goes, "All right, I'm done with you," and like tackles it, and then jer- like flips it up, and then suplexes it on- onto its back. Listen, people, even deer are wild animals. 
and you should stay a good safe distance away from any wild animal, big or small. Hold on. And the cherry on top. His toupee falls off. Oh, my goodness. After he suplexes the deer. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And then he leads it away. Jeez. Yeah, I could just see it now. (sighs) Bam. Toupee comes off. Yeah, it's it's great. It's each show is amazing. Um, I would personally like to see like an action series for the elemental heroes. That would be cool. Yeah, something along the lines of um, something like the like the late uh, like the late golden age, early silver age of of comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. You know what else would be amazing? Hmm. What if they did one for the plunder patrols? Where they're all um, on a quest to go find this one massive treasure at the I, end of the sea. As soon as you said Plunder Patrol, I knew exactly where <laughs> you were going with that. They all have these crazy powers. They, they have one they have like one character in particular that's like crazy determined and God. he can't be stopped. And that, he's just I, I think that'd be Blackbeard. The more link, awesome the link than anybody else's. They have like a, a mascot in uh in was it Black Eyes? Yeah, the the Raven. Yeah, they have a mascot. He's also the Doctor. <laughs> each knee sunshine, each knee sunshine go. Let's go. I'm making a One Piece reference. If yes, it was a, yes, yeah, it's a oh One Piece God, reference. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you were not aware, um, I think that there's other ones. I, th- I really believe that a manga where you have. The sword soul with the ice jades with the yeah, yeah. dog uh, was were the dogmaticas part of that? Uh no. No, it's a. Uh, are you sure? Because I think the dogmaticas are part of the Albaz lore. No, and the, I know the, the Albaz are in the same lore as the sword oh, souls and the ice jades. I don't think ice jades I don't remember. No, they definitely are. They yeah. the ice jades are definitely part okay, of the sword soul yeah, and yeah, albaz. Yeah, yeah, lore. yeah, you know, because all albaz, dogmatic, that's all part of one lore. And then the second set of lore and right Tri Brigade. Now, uh, and also Sprite. And no, not Sprite. Spriggans. No, no Spriggans and Sprite is part. No, of No, Sprite. Too. Sprite is a different one. No, Sprite is part of the Albaz lore. No, Sprite Kit- is part of a different lore. Dude, Kit is on Sprite Sprint in the background. No. Yes. Okay, I'm googling. Look now. it up. But yes, Sprite is part of. It. I, also, Therians are in there too. Hey. Yeah, you gotta look real close in the background. I'll be danged. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess the sprites are part of oh, it. Oh, and the Therians are too. Are they? Yeah, there's a card. Okay, where that's... now we need a manga with all of that in it. To explain what's going on. Okay, so the Visa Starfrost That's is its a own different thing. one. Okay, that's so Kingdom that's, Hearts. So that's Visa Starfrost. Scareclaw. Scareclaw. And uh, Tier Lament. Tier Lament. And is there Kshatri law and Kshatri so far? Yes. Yeah. So I I wouldn't mind a, a manga on the Visa Starfrost and the Albaz lore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that would be spectacular. I would love to see a Super Sentai manga based on the Insectors. I don't know what that means. Oh, is that like a, like a Power Ranger kind of manga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Great Saiyan from uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. Great Saiyan. Oh, editor, please do something with that. I will. I'm, I'm the one who's going to be editing this. Oh, yeah, you're going to do this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Great also, another reason to support us on Patreon, so we can pay our real editor. Yeah. Lots of money. We want to pay him lots of money, because he does a good job. Oh, yeah. Um. Let's see. What else do we have here? Do you think a rotating format of Yu-Gi-Oh! could survive? I mean, it'd be like a rota- rotating format in, like, Pokemon or Magic, which is just the standard yeah, but I think it, in Yu-Gi-Oh! they would have to do it very particularly. Yeah. It, I think that it would have to have its own set of set releases, such as instead of... I mean, they'd have to change a lot about how they produce cards. There's a lot of change that would have to make to the game itself. I think that the best way to do a Yu-Gi-Oh! set rotation format would be to make the... make. So you you release it initially with about a 500 card set, right? Then after releasing it with a 500 card set, you then 
every like four months, you release a new set. Now, the catch is everything in these sets is reprints. So you can get rid of the twenty, the, like the yearly megatons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can start it off initially when it very first begins, Yu-Gi-Oh standard, and you have you have advanced, which is everything, and then you have standard. Standard would be five hundred cards, can picked, curated from any point in Yu-Gi-Oh's history. This also gives an excellent way to provide a regular reprint structure to older cards. Yeah. Okay, so the issue, the issue that and then every every four months you get a you get a. 150 card set and it is everything is all reprints all the time so your advance is going to be wildly different from standard and then as time progresses standard gets it rotates out every two years right okay so like the biggest issue though with that is yeah there's gonna be reprint after reprint after reprint but then you can't use half of them like two years later so and then something Who else. Who cares? That, you already probably have copies of these well, cards because they're reprints. Hold on. Something else you also have to keep in mind is that with Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, which are the other two major ga- sure. games with rotations, they have something to stick the rotation onto to keep everything thematic. Pokemon has whatever game just came out, whatever what you know, wherever region the anime is in, what the games are doing. Sure. Um. So like right now, the card. The last two years of Yu-Gi-Oh, we've been getting the Albaz lore. Yeah. Um. But, what is that if not thematic? We've been getting Sky Striker support for yeah. years. Yeah, but then they'd have to stop giving us pretty much everything else. It have it, no, no. You you do this in conjunction with regular core sets yeah. to support um, advanced. Now, a great example of, of like uh, the way they'd have to do it is okay. Cool, we just released uh, Labyrinth, so we're going to reprint cards that were illegal to make them legal legal again. Stuff like Bear Blocker, which hasn't been legal in five ever because it rotated out rotation a long time ago invader of darkness same thing came out we just never reprinted it it's time for a reprint because this deck can utilize it right then you'd also get reprints of awful stuff like the barrier statue which the thing is is those cards are already legal in advanced yeah 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 yeah. so the reprint only affects standard and they don't have to reprint those cards in standard but you'll end up with cards like mst or cosmic cyclone that will get reprinted consistently. Ends up with cards like Ash Blossom and Ghost Ogre, which get very, very consistent reprints, except now it's as set filler. Well, another issue then is that... Well, yeah, yeah, but then Drink like... Drink every time Caleb disagrees with Sonny. <laughs> but, like, yeah, but like the biggest... Yeah, but like... And then, of course, something else that, that, they're, that they would have to do that they're not going to do. Sure. They'd have to actually give us the lore behind a lot of these archetypes. Well, they don't have to do anything. They just have to curate and pick a good format. And it doesn't even need a ban list unless something is particularly egregious because like, whatever card it is is gone in two years anyway. I mean, th- yeah, that, that's entirely... that's. An- it's literally just looking and combing through the game's history and saying, I want this in, I want this in, I want this in, I do not want this, and that's it. That That's not how set rotations are decided that's how it could be decided in Yu-Gi-Oh though it's decided in Pokemon and Magic differently because the cards coming out in standard sets are brand new cards to be fair mostly to be fair a lot of the cards in Pokemon like so you have the same card with a different name yeah like Professor Oak has been reprinted as Professor Elm Professor Birch exactly because you have your professor which is discard your hand draw seven um and then you have usually have Pokeball Great Ball and Ultra Ball Sure. Are pretty are pretty standard and just constantly kept in rotation. Sure. Um, and then from there it's just kind of whatever. Well, you have different trainers and stuff like yeah. that that essentially have the same effect, but it's a different trainer. Like each of the gym leaders will get their own card and things yeah. like that. Um, then something else that Yu-Gi-Oh does not have that Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh both have is you know, Pokemon and Magic. Pokemon and Magic, thank you. Um, is what I've been for this. I'm just going to call infinitely reprinted mm-hmm. energies and lands sure because no matter but that's just that's yeah, you, the difference is they have like 15 cards per pack where we have nine yeah, yeah exactly so we don't need a token in every pack we don't need a land or an energy so, in every pack so the reason why i say the infinitely repeat uh, repeated ones though is because let's say you played back back in night back in 1998 sure when, you know you have base set uh, fire energy. And sure. you come back into Pokemon. 
you can buy like a bunch of new cards and just use your old energy. Yeah, but Yu-Gi-Oh, you only need a 40-card deck instead of 60. Which is not, but yeah, but you have... So you need 20 less cards, so essentially you don't need those, right? So you still need about 40 cards. It's it's the same numbers, essentially. It's not the numbers. And even then, the cards that they're reprinting, if I have my Mystical Space Typhoon from 2005, it's still the same card that it is now. So cards like that that get reprinted and see play in Standard would be magnanimous throughout the history of the game. But it's not the numbers that's important. Well, the part that's important is that somebody could be going through the closet and say, oh, I have all these old Pokemon cards. Yeah, but they could do that with Yu-Gi-Oh! with what I'm saying because it's all reprints from old cards. But the issue, though, is that if somebody does that, they'll look through stuff and realize there there will be a point where I can't use any of my new cards. I'm not going to bother. Then you play Advanced because Advanced is everything. It's the same reason that you can buy a deck in Standard in Magic, and then after two years go, yeah, I'll just play it in Pioneer now. Yeah. But then that that would mean that Konami actually has to bother having a a designated person on their R&D team to do something like that, which will never happen. Exactly. But the idea is that I think it would be a good idea to have it as a separate format from Advance. Oh, no, no, no. It'd be great. Um, It would just take a lot of changing up on how cards are printed. Yeah, sure. Um, it would also help majorly help them rein in power creep. Yeah, for sure. Majorly. But I think you can't do it. You can't do it in place of advanced. Yeah. You have to ha- release sets that support both. And with the current structure of set releases in Yu-Gi-Oh, not, we would work. have to give up some of our regular reprint sets like Ghost from the Past 2 or the Mag- Magnificent Mavens or the Megatons, which I would be fine with for an added extra heavily supported format. Yeah, I would yeah. be fine with that. Because at the end of the day, those sets are built to reprint old cards, and you would be doing that anyway, except now you're also supporting an, an alternative format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That's just me. What should I name the shiny I caught? Um, shiny Sceptile? Yeah. Uh, editor, throw this picture right here up on the screen, yeah. like right uh, here. Is it a boy or a girl? Uh, uh, I don't know. The arrow is going up. No. Okay. It is male. So for shiny septiles, if it's a if it's female, I normally go for fern, and if it's a male, I normally go for uh, Diplodocus. No, the last time I went for the last time I had a male shiny septile, it was a mega septile, so I called it Chris Missile. Chris Missile. Because <laughs> mega septile's tail looks like a Christmas tree, and it can launch it. Oh no, Chris Missile. Yeah. What about X missile? Yeah, yeah, X missile could work. The, like I said, the reason why is because Mega Septile's tail looks the end of its end of its tail looks like a Christmas tree, and they can fire it like a missile, sure. and just immediately regrow it. Um, I'm thinking you name it. Hmm. Forest. No. Sequoia. Fair enough. <laughs> How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck Chuck Norris? Mm. If that woodchuck can chuck Chuck Norris, it can chuck a lot of wood. Just uh, in your opinions, what would be a decent state in the East Coast to move to? Uh. <laughs> Just uh. Caleb's like, I, dog. I've been to the East Coast one time, and we didn't even make it to the coast. Yeah. You've been in East Coast states. You've been in three different East Coast states, I believe, right? Yeah. Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. Yeah. Two of which were on the same trip to North Carolina. To North Carolina. Oh, and North Carolina. We went yeah. to North Carolina. Yeah. And Florida, I was also on that trip yeah. with you. Yeah. So we've only been to half of the uh, half of those states. Actually, I've been to New York. I flew into New York for, um, for YCS Niagara Falls. So I've yeah. done that too. I will say, Western New York is really nice. Like, that Buffalo area, super sweet. If you can afford it. <laughs> well, Western New York isn't that bad cost of living-wise. It's really, really not. Yeah. Western New York is not out- that outrageous. Like, East New York is crazy. Western New York, though, not that bad. Cool. The issue with Western New York is that they get blizzards. They get giant snowstorms every year. Out of, from yeah, coming down from Canada, yeah. Yeah, well, it's yeah, all the moisture from the Great Lakes yeah. in Canada, they just blow right over. It's the worst. I think it was like, 
I want to say it was about two weeks ago, the, the, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It was the middle of the day, but it was so cloudy and snowing so hard that it looked like nighttime outside. Mm. And it was, I'm not even joking, there was seven feet of snowfall. Rough. The snow drifts were even higher. The Buffalo Bills had to move their game to Detroit. Mm. Rough. Disgusting. So that's one reason not to live there. Now, if you go further up into Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, I've heard that they have very good school systems up there if you have kids or whatever. So that's not bad. Uh, personally, I think the farthest north I would go would maybe be uh, probably the Carolinas. I'm a pretty big fan of living where it doesn't snow a ton. So... Personally, the Carolinas are about my cutoff point. I, I did like North Carolina. I, I thought it was nice. Yeah. Weather was really nice. Uh, I, and I'm going to be honest. Florida's not that bad. I know it's crazy. I know you hear stories. The only issue with Florida is hurricanes. But you could potentially get that anywhere on the East Coast. So There is actually an explanation for Florida, man. Like a legitimate explanation. It's not that crazier stuff happens in Florida. That kind of stuff happens all over the U.S. It's just that Florida has a lot more people and a lot more like... No. No? Other states have laws about uh, reporting on specifics. Mm. Florida does not. Mm. Okay. All right. With Konami recently reprinting a lot more expensive cards in staples and past formats, i.e. Hades, do you think we will ever get an official Konami support on popular retro formats and remove Cyber Dragon from Time Wizard so it can be actual GOAT format? Okay, uh, for the second answer, they already did that. Yeah, so it was just the European Nationals that they had messed up the Time Wizard rules. Going forward for the last few YCSs, such as YCS... I want to say, don't, uh, don't quote me on this, Pasadena, maybe the Latin American YCSs that we've had, and what was the other YCS that they had besides Pasadena? Minneapolis. For each of those YCSs, they were doing past format events. They were doing Time Wizard events with actual GOAT format yeah, set up correctly. No Xerian Universe, no Cyber Dragon. Right. And, and, <coughs> and they were also running... Um, they were also running Edison format events. My understanding was that 50 plus Edison uh, side events kicked nice. off over that weekend. Yeah. yeah. But long story short, they've already fixed that for the first part of the question. Yeah. With Konami recently reprinting a lot more expensive staples and past formats, do you think we will ever get an official sub <coughs> Konami support on popular retro formats? God, I hope so. I think that Konami is already doing what they can to support these retro formats at I mean at at, at the initial starting level, right? So you have them running mass time wizard events at YCSs. I mean it's I mean the as far as reprints go, that's kind of what Speed Duel's been so far. Yeah, but Speed Duel kinda. doesn't Yeah, kind of. Speed Duel does do a good job of reprinting some cards, but Speed Duel is really limited in that there's yeah. certain cards that they just cannot reprint at all for any reason, such as Metamorphosis, Trap Dust Shoot. Yeah. You, you don't want those in Hot ruining. Agreed. Yeah, you don't want those yeah. ruining the Speed Duel format. But there are other cards that need reprints, such <coughs> as, like we said, Revive King Hot Death, Doom Kaiser Dragon, the entire Blackwing Core, except for Kalut, Shura, Armed Wing, and Armor Master. What? Come on, where are those at? You, you know, you know, it'd be funny. What? They like for one day unban the big three just to reprint them. But the big three, well, I guess I say that. Delinquent Duo needs a reprint. But, like, Graceful Charity and Pot of Greed don't <coughs> even need reprints. Yeah. Delinquent Duo needs a reprint. M Metamorphosis, Trap Dust Shoot, Substitute. Yeah. Well, like, the like, X-Wing and Gladiator Beast cores both need reprints. Yeah, no. Not because they're particularly expensive, but just because they're kind of hard to come across. Yeah, Stuff no, like, like that. Yeah, no, like, to, just, just for the funny, just for the, the giggles of it, they, like, for a single day, unban banned cards to reprint them, and the next day they're banned again. Yeah, I, if if their big rule is that they're not allowed to reprint banned cards, but that's but that's reason. just factually incorrect, right? That's not a rule. I mean, look at the legendary collections; they reprinted tons of banned cards, including Pot of Greed, Graceful Charity, Delinquent Duo, and more. Yeah, but those were special. 
kind of th those were like different off products as opposed to well then what they need is it's another I, different off product yeah well yeah. i mean it's what i've been saying and, and we we don't know we might Ooh. see that in the maze of madness product i just thought of a really cool product they could do a time capsule besides a time capsule <laughs> sure or they just like reparent random band cards just because they should have like a, a, a konami banlist vault Okay. Or like Yu-Gi-Oh! Vault of Destiny or something. Where it's just like a big one product that reprints all the banned cards. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be too bad. What if it just did every card that's ever been banned? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I feel like it. I feel like they're kind of like telling on themselves if they do a product that's all the banned cards because it's really hard to keep up with. Fair enough. Because they have to R and D these products and put everything into like put everything together. Yeah, yeah, okay. They yeah, have, yeah. I mean, they have to do it. Generally, the product timeline for TCGs, and I, I can't say with certainty that this yeah, is yeah. the timeline for Konami specifically, but I've seen interviews specifically. Tolarian Community College did an interview with or the professor from TCC. Yeah. Did an interview with the founder and creator of Commander Format. Who is still on the ruling board for Commander Format. Did a couple of videos where I actually got to play him. Yes. And there is, of course, a ton of discourse around choosing what cards get printed. Do the people that essentially run Commander Format have a say in these Wizards of the Coast Commander products? And they do to a certain extent. But the lifetime for a product, I don't think many people realize how long it takes Konami or any of these major card game companies that are big bloated companies to go in and do research and R&D and development on a product. Something like a commander a commander set, for example, in Magic. That could be 18 months to two years of R&D that goes into one product. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, and, and I applaud Wizards of the Coast for the What's the word I'm looking for? For the transparency that yeah. they have with their player base on a lot of these things, because Wizards of the Coast is not going to sue an employee or fire an employee or whatever for, them for talking about hey, publicly discussing something. Yeah, some of the inner war inner machinations of Wizards. Uh, Wizards, particularly on the actual production of the cards themselves. Because that's something that's fascinating on how they come up with Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it to me is one of the most interesting parts of card games is the R&D and design and things like yeah. that. I I would love if somebody from Konami does listen to this podcast, which I believe somebody does, but I don't know who. If somebody from Konami is listening, please, I would give anything to have a formal interview with somebody from the R&D department. Anybody. Yeah. I just think that that part of the process is something that is so critical in the structure of the game that we love and play. And I think it's incredibly fascinating. <laughs> and then, like, even if it's a case of, yeah, we're not, we can't talk about anything that's currently in the works. Of course. Okay, cool. Let's talk about some of the development cycle of, I don't know, um, the most recent set that came out like a year ago. Yeah, like, like, let's even talk about something like Sword Soul or something like yeah. that. And I'm curious, how much, how, how deeply does Konami go into the vault? And how deeply do they go into you know into the how how deep do they dive into the card pool to see like when they built infernoble did they know people were going to come up with smoke grenade of the thief yeah yeah like, things like, like that they, they really fascinate me when they yeah. built sword soul did they think that people were going to realize that what how bad arch nemesis protos was going to be for the format yeah. or, I, it's curious yeah 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 like yeah it's absolutely fascinating to know how much of the ridiculous shenanigans that happen did konami already know about and we're like sure let's let him have that yeah i, As I just opposed to just oh that's how that works yeah i think the r&d side is so so fascinating but when you have something like that that takes 18 months to two years that's why i think that we could very well in the very near future see something by by this time next year i believe that we'll have an announcement if not uh, a release date set for a product that's essentially a time wizard capsule or something specifically catered to time wizard format because if you look at it time wizard format was announced at the very beginning of this year mm -hmm. and that 18 month to two year product cycle 
will be coming to fruition around this time next year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe by this time next year, we could have some uh, an extremely cool Time Wizard product in the works as far as a release date and everything. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that because that could be coming very soon. Just the product site, the cycle of these products yeah. just takes time. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because like because like they have to come out with the ideas and they have to work out, work out the mechanics and card the art, list, everything. artwork. Yeah, I mean they have to do a lot. So. So should this monster have fifteen hundred attacks or sixteen? Ah, oh, but maybe we should just go down to fifteen fifty. To be fair, on an all reprint set, I think that it's a little bit different. At that point, it's more about figuring out what the structure of the product yeah, is yeah, going to be. Yeah, what's reprint and what rarities. Yes, and... exactly. All right, what decks are both of you guys looking to build in the future? I'm currently trying to put together Tier Limit Ishizu. Yeah. We'll see. If not, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't mind putting together Morphtronic FTK, personally. I'm about three weeks behind on a Ishizu... Well, I've been calling the deck Madolche and Friends, but it's like Madolche, Ishizu, and Vernaself. Yeah. Madolche and Friends. What do you think is the healthiest mindset when approaching competitive aspirations? Hmm. I am going to go in and give it 130%. Yes. I would say the healthiest mindset for competitive aspirations. So, for me personally, my goal at every event is to do better than I did last time. Yes. Um, so, it, for example, if I go to a case tournament, last time I bubbled. Well, this time I want to do top eight. This Last time I did top eight. This time I want to do top four. Regional. I got my invite, but I didn't get top cut. Like, I didn't get top eight where I can get the deck box. Well, now I want to go to go and get the deck box and stuff. YCS. Yeah. I've never day two, so I want to day two. Things like uh, that. For me, I go in... To- to give it my 110 percent and then if i do poorly because it, it can happen it just it sure. just happened you have a bad string of luck whatever i'll be mad at myself if it was something i did or i'll just be mad at the situation if it was just a string of bad luck but always keep in mind it's a game absolutely you have to have that mindset of at the end of the day, it is a game, yeah. so you can't beat yourself up too much over it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, because like, like as soon as the tournament's over and we walk out of that door, I just drop it. Yeah, you have to. I drop the feelings, not the event. If that makes sense. So that yeah, way, yeah, you you have to be able to take away what you did wrong and to not, learn. but not hold it against yourself. Yeah. So, what are some examples of things you are actively doing to improve at the game? Might be nice to get some basics examples as well as more advanced or less mentioned. So, I'll be honest, I'm not playing a ton of advanced right now. Same. And it's not because I don't like the format. I think it's actually a pretty cool format. I, <laughs> this time of year, I really just don't have the time to play a lot. Yeah, no, same. Yeah, it's just Christmas time for me being a UPS driver. It's just not really something that's <laughs> in the cards. <laughs> but... Um, overall, I think that the best thing that you can do is challenge yourself to play as much as possible with the best players you know. I don't think that going to your locals and playing the same three people every week is necessarily the best thing. Unless It can be good. Oh, yeah, unless one of those people is, you know really broken at the game yeah i would say that to me iron sharpens iron right mm-hmm. so for me personally i would want to be able to test and cut my teeth against the best players i can possibly test with if if i could sit down every night and get on dueling book and play test against hani pack jesse cotton Raphael nevin yeah and that list right that's what i would be trying to do every day because the better your group is, the better you can be. That mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things mentioned in Patrick Hoban's book, Road of the King. Yeah. The most important thing for your growth as a player is the people that you surround yourself with. If you're not looking to be the best player in the world, that's fine. But if you want to be better, then you need to surround yourself with better players. It's a different mindset. And it's not that you have to get rid of your friends that you have. 
it's that you have to understand you have to align yourself with people that have a similar goal as yourself because if you're if you're surrounded by people that are just they don't care about competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, that's fine it's there's nothing wrong with having friends that don't want to play competitively there's nothing wrong with that not at all but when you're going in to test for a regional or for a ycs try to find testing partners that are also really competitive and want to play the game at the highest levels yeah. i think that that's really important so uh basic examples as well as less mentioned i i don't know that there's anything really that's that, that i would say is just a less mentioned example the only other thing I can say is be very careful of personal bias when making yeah. deck choices because yeah. it's really easy to uh, look at a card in your deck that it's just a one of that's just a card that you love and say, ah, yeah, I don't want to take this out. But is it actually doing anything for you? A great example that actually happened recently was Labyrinth with me and Invader of Darkness. It's a great card when... In specific situations. Yeah. Against what, Runic? Yeah, against against Runic, it just... That's it. If, you, if, you, if you're able to stick that to the board, Runic is done. Mm -hmm. They can't play. And if they're, like, if they're like one of those Runic piles, the entire Runic engine is gone. Right. Shut off until they out it, if they can't even out it. Runic's not even really a thing anymore. It's still a thing. But it's not prevalent. It's not that prevalent. So I had to make that decision to dig out the invader of darkness as much as i love the invader of darkness you have to understand yeah a another hoban example i don't know why i just i hear these stories and they stick in my head yeah uh when patrick hoban was first starting to play competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, he was uh, won the bubble for topping a regional just I, I believe maybe it was maybe his first regional top and as he's sitting there on the bubble he's looking at his <laughs> side deck or he was looking at his hand his favorite card of all time is Time Wizard. That's Hoban's flat-out favorite card. And he was running one Time Wizard in his deck. And his opponent had a board presented, and Hoban had two options. He could either normal summon the Time Wizard and go for the funny play, or he could normal summon a different monster, go for the, maybe a Stratos or whatever. And go for the good play. And make a good play. And it was and right then and there, it clicked. No, I, I want to win. I actually want to win. Yeah. And he did it, and he won. So just <coughs> don't let your personal bias take over. And that's yeah. a competitive aspiration thing. So uh, what are some ways that we as a community can be more welcoming towards women wanting to play Yu-Gi-Oh? Don't be creepy. Yeah. Um, and then call out other people that are being misogynistic. Yes. Yeah, it's... It's really simple. If you see a girl at your locals playing Yu-Gi-Oh, don't be condescending. There's a pretty fair chance that she's better than you. So think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, don't condescend. Treat them as, the, as you would any other player that you're not familiar with. Yeah, if I want one of your buddies player you're not familiar with yeah if i walk if i walk up to a table and i see that my opponent is a woman here's how my demeanor is the same as it would be for anybody else yeah, hey, yeah i don't treat them coldly or meanly but i don't treat them like a child i treat them like a normal human being listen listen here's how i start almost each and every one of my games uh after introduction make sure i'm, I'm at my opponent well hey man how's your day been going yeah? Oh, I hate that deck. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Wait, just, I had this one play that happened a little while ago? No? Yeah, just be a normal human. Yeah. yeah, it's... And then, like we said, call out anyone who's not. Yeah, if, you, if you're sitting next to somebody and they're being... Uh, pardon my French, but just being a dickhead for no particular yeah. reason, just call them out. Be just, like, hey, dude, come on. Just, that's, that's not cool. That's not fine. Like, that's not cool. Just... Act like an adult. I mean, just it was as be, be a pleasant person to be around. As my fathers would say, act your age, not your shoe size. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. 
Says the man who even wears if size, you have big feet, come on. Says the man who wears size nine. To be fair, I, I wear size thirteen, and I still wouldn't want to act my shoe size. To be fair, I I think the largest shoe shoe size they actually make is like a twenty. I want to say Shaq wears like a twenty three or something. But yeah, I think he gets his custom made. I'm just gonna say the largest shoe size that you can find on a typical walmart shelf walmart or academy or wherever you shop for your shoes the nike outlet whatever the biggest shoe size you're going to normally find is a 13 yeah 13 and a half 14 forget it it's it's like finding a golden ticket it's impossible this is coming from a man who wears a size nine i wear a 13 i'm i've some shoe sizes run small like my wife wanted me to get this shoe it's called like a hey dude right mm-hmm. it's it's almost like um like a boat shoe kind of oh i think i know the exact shoe you're talking about Those yeah are nice. they're like slip-ons yeah and they're just like super loose it's just like very basic claw fabric i used to have a pair of those yeah it, it was similar <clears throat> to those i know what you're talking about it's, yeah. a, it's a different brand but it's really similar yeah. to those very nice shoes very comfy. yeah yeah very so roomy. my wife wanted me to get these hey dudes and we're at we're at the store yesterday <laughs> looking at and i was looking at a pair and i put on a pair of 13s and they were too small and it's like, huh? It might have been a thirteen narrow. No, no, no. It's not that they were too narrow. It's that they were too. They weren't too oh, short. Okay. Because some shoes just run small. Yeah. Right. I, I wear a thirteen in one brand, but I know if I wear a thirteen in a Nike, but I know if I go to an Under Armour shoe, I need a fourteen. Fair. Right. Or if I go to a like a dress boot, like a cowboy boot, I, I need a twelve. To be fair. To be fair. Every shoe brand I've ever purchased, I've been a size nine. Oh yeah, no mine. I, I don't know. I, maybe it's something about it might, the extra couple of inches of foot. It's they got, just they just it's got it's got to be. I, I I think it's a case of like after not. I think everything's like standardized at a nine, but then above that is where it gets kind of wild westy. Yeah, I I don't know. Where but, there is no. I don't know. I know. I have no idea. All I know is just like some t-shirts run small, some shoes do. Again, I know for a fact an way, Under Armour shoe. I need a fourteen. We got way off off topic here. Well, what I'm trying to say is. Um, don't be a dick yeah that so i guess we'll circle back and and say that i wanted to say something else about shoes anyway if you need a fort i I looked on the shelf at the hey dudes i tried on the 13 it didn't fit i looked over and there was nothing past the 13 because there never is yeah yeah so at your age not your shoe size yeah how do you deal with the balance of work life Yu-Gi-Oh when you're in your most competitive phases so this is difficult okay hold on i know the perfect way to describe it you're at you're at a wall and the wall is in the wall is made up of sleep work whatever and you're holding you and you're like i can't fit this you look at sleep unless <laughs> as you start reaching for that block <coughs> <coughs> oh my goodness it's it's a meme i don't remember where it's from the point is sleep is for the weak and energy drinks are something that work so energy drinks and coffee, you do it all. Here's how we do it. That I can, okay, I can't speak for you. Here's how I do it. <laughs> I work. I go, I leave for work about eight thirty most mornings. I'm usually at work until about seven to eight o'clock. I get home from work about eight thirty, so I'm gone about twelve hours of the day. Yeah. Uh, three days a week, <laughs> we record the podcast. I we usually get done recording between eleven and midnight because. I stay up to put my child to sleep, and then we come up with a topic and get rolling and things like that. Maybe play a game of Edison format just just to you know enjoy time with each other as friends mm-hmm. before we actually get here as like coworkers almost. Yeah. So we usually get done recording between eleven thirty and midnight. I might stay up late doing a thumbnail or something like that. <laughs> Caleb does the audio, and usually we have an editor that does video when he is unavailable. Caleb does yeah. video. So then the day after we record the audio video, we do all the editing and sometimes record another episode that day, such as when we need to do our patron episodes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the next day we record another episode. After that, we edit that episode. After that, it's Friday. Where the episode posts. Right. And we want a day off. So we take usually take Friday evenings off, spend time with our families, Saturdays. Uh, so basically in between work and recording, I try to spend time with my family 
because they all go to sleep very early because they get up earlier than I do. Yeah. And then Saturdays, I'll spend a few hours in the morning with my family. I'll go to a tournament for a Saturday afternoon. If we have one. Right. And then Sunday, Saturday evening, I'll try to be home. And then Sunday, I'll spend all day at home. Mm-hmm. So. And then Sunday Sunday evening. evening, we record again and it starts all over again. Yeah. We stay very busy. Mm-hmm. And if I have a major tournament coming up and I need to test a lot, my sleep goes from like, usually I sleep like six to seven hours a night. Yeah. It'll go down like four to five. So, you know, sleep is yeah. a week. I work a nine to five. So Yeah. Why is Kshatri Fenrir? Just just why? Um, I don't know. Because I, I, I don't even think it's that crazy of a card. Huh, it's specifically because. Because Konami said so. What's the most difficult deck you've piloted and got bad results with? Sword Soul. Most difficult. Sword Soul Tenny with Hockey Fibrax combo was insane. Uh, Sword Soul Tenny Hockey Fibrax combo with Protos specifically. I remember. Holy moly! I, rem- I was bad at that deck. I remember Dragon Link. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was Dragon Link and Phantom Knight. Yeah, yeah. PK Dragon Link was. I I remember it being complicated. But I don't know if it was actually complicated. It was just my lack of experience. You know, my the the rust still, that was still yeah getting back into the game. Yeah, or if it was if that was just it, or if it was just that complicated. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What's the simplest deck you've piloted and gotten good results, dude? Tri Brigade. I I I felt like that deck was really complicated when I was playing it. Once you got into it. But once I got really good with the deck. And then move on from it to to Sword Soul. I was like, oh, please let me go back to Tri Brigade where I can just activate Fractal and go Herder Dur and go full combo. Uh, for me, it was uh, Dino Rabbit. Oh, uh, yeah. Dino Rabbit was keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, no. And I actually got uh, top four at a local with that. Yeah, yeah. Dino Rabbit was kind of helmet. Yeah, my my fine my fi- in the last very last game i won because my opponent had no cards in hand i had no cards in hand we mm-hmm. had both had no cards on field what's my top deck dino rabbit or um, rescue rabbit no spirit reaper <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting so i look at it and go pass sure he draws pass perfect draw normal summon attack he goes crap yeah that's bad he set a monster reborn oh good lord i put him on set it or lose it that's disgusting (laughs) um also black wings in edison format are really really simple Mm -hmm. surprisingly so yeah cats or dogs cats i like dogs in theory but i can't really have a dog because i we're gone from the house 12 to 14 hours a day and dogs need attention so a cat is the only thing that works for us but my wife is allergic to cats so neither um the albaz lore gets an anime are you watching it yes yes what voice actor do you think fish sure egg the best who, the guy, I can't think of the voice actor's name. The guy who voices Lloyd from Spy X, the who voices Lloyd from Spy X Family. I was thinking the guy that voices, um, oh gosh, Fuhrer Bradley on Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Hold on, I, I'm lo- I'm looking looking it up. Sure. Uh, Do you play any musical instruments? If so, did your aspirations? Did you ever? aspire to play music for a living yes i play saxophone uh no i played trombone in middle school and no no i don't remember much about it but i did play trombone a little bit we were in the band together that's how we met yeah we we uh, were in marching band together ed blaylock cool is is your guy is maxi coming back no no predictions why would it be good for the game and why would it be bad for the game it would be bad for the game it would not be good for the game because the reason, at all. The reason why I'd be bad is because it then comes to normal summon. Do you have max C? Yes. Congratulations, you win. 
In a way, I think the worst part about Max C in the format is that when you have a combo deck playing Max C, it becomes a lot more inherently unfair than a non-combo deck playing Max C, right? So yeah. something like, like, imagine you had Drytron at oh full power, right? With three Herald of Orange Light, three Eva, three Ben 10, full power Drytron. Oh yeah, no, no, that's... And now you can go full Drytron board and have a Maxi in your hand at the end. Yep. Imagine. To, to just draw more hand traps. Or imagine you are playing Tri-Brigade, and you can go one card full Tri-Brigade board. You can filter cards through your deck using the Ferrisheet to Baron Blossom. Mm-hmm. So you have more chances to draw into it. You're also playing Desires at the end of your combo, should you choose. You can just you know, draw an extra couple of cards, trying to get their hand traps like a maxi. So now not only do you have your Opelousa, maybe a double dragon Lords in your revolt. You also have maxi in your hand. Who will, who then upon pitching it and drawing, well, either then, your opponent can't special summon or you're going to plus a million. Yeah. And, and, and then like, you'll just draw into more hand traps too. That's a big thing is that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it becomes a situation of, okay, cool. I have full combo, but you have maxi. So you win. Yeah. Uh, do you feel competitive Yu-Gi-Oh designs are becoming homogenous and uninteresting? Not really. If anything, I think they're becoming more diverse by the deck. Uh, now, the thing is, is that they're homogenizing a lot of archetypal cards. Like, every deck has a searcher. They have sure. a field spell. They have a searcher for the field spell. Sure. But the individuals themselves are different. Floanderies is nothing but normal summons. Tri-Brigade Link summons from the graveyard. Tier Limit Fusion summons from the graveyard. Uh, you know, Sword Soul is built around Worm Synchro Summoning. I, worm Spam. Yeah, I just every deck has its own thing that it wants to do. And I think that that's really cool. War Rock are a battle trick deck. I, you know, it's not good, but that's what they do. So. It's cool. It's a cool yeah. concept. Yeah. What is the coolest synergy between two unrelated archetypes that you have seen? Ten ye swords all. Come on. For me, it's Madolche and every Earth Fairy ever. That's also fair. It's hilarious. Do you think that the forty card standard deck size is on its way out with the amount of engines that are being prioritized rather than the old single archetypal strategy? Yes. Oh I yeah, do. definitely. I do personally because I see decks like when the Dragon Link deck was popular and the Dragon Link. Oh, <laughs> Dragon Link Phantom Knights for that last question. The synergy between two random things that don't really yeah, seem like yeah. they should synergize. That yeah. that was one. I would say, though, that the 40-card standard is on its way out to a certain extent. You're always going to have decks where they prioritize 40 cards. 40 cards, like a lot of times control decks like Sky Striker, Eldritch, things like that. Labyrinth. Yeah, sure. But when you look at decks like these big elaborate combo decks like Dragon Link was, mm -hmm. like you had even at Emancipator to a certain extent, like, the, like these... These crazy pile combo decks, prank kids, uh, B, uh, PK DPE. Right. When, whenever you have these elaborate combo decks where you're like, okay, I'm on 46 cards, but my consistency is the same. And I'm, I have less chance of drawing into my two or three bricks. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So I think that in theory we could, but only if the game is at a point where it's all engines, engines, like it was at the beginning of this year yeah. with DPE, Scythe, Lock, and Adventure. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. What was the first video game you ever played? Um, the first one I ever owned and played myself was maybe Pokemon Red. Super Wario Land on the Nintendo Game Boy. The green brick. I'm not surprised. Uh, second was Tetris on that same Game Boy. Yeah. First game you ever played was probably actually some Flash game from the early 2000s. Me? No, me. Oh. Maybe a Flash game. But I actually, I almost vaguely remember like when I was a child playing mario on the nintendo at a cousin's house i was this was 1996 i was three i, I have no memories before like six so there's a vi there there was there was a home video of me of when i was like four and they were getting ready for christmas and i was sitting there playing the game boy mm -hmm. and i was like four years old just yeah it, but the, Huge Game Boy. It's more like yeah, this. they're all like that. The old ones were like that. Yeah. 
Do you have any cringe-inducing memories from high school or middle school? Yes. Yeah, but would I tell them to you? No. <laughs> no, no. The answer is yes. Will I elaborate? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Why is Welcome to the Black Parade the worst song on the Black Parade album? Well, it's the only one that I know, so... It's the best and the worst. Right. All right. The last question. Caleb, this is an important question that's right. going to require some effort on your part. Okay. Can Caleb moonwalk from Giant Skyhawk? Only one way to find out. I cannot moonwalk. Give it a try. No. Come on, Caleb. No, What's I... the worst that could happen? No, I, I can't. I've tried. I can't. Okay. I do not have the feet coordination. All right. Well, that's the last question, and that'll wrap it up for today's episode. If you want to ask us your mailbag questions, be sure to do so in our Discord server in the mailbag questions channel. So thank you all so much for working with the podcast, helping us out, throwing in those last minute questions because I sure forgot. <laughs> so thank you all so much for your support, your listening, your commenting, everything. Thank you all so much for your support and your love that you've shown us. Be sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can find... Find um, Top Cut Podcast on YouTube. Please subscribe. We need subscriptions. <laughs> uh, please be sure to, if you're not already following us on Spotify or Apple iTunes, if you enjoyed the podcast, please go ahead and do that. We would really appreciate that. And of course, if you are so inclined and you would like to support us further, we have a Patreon down below. Mm -hmm. And also we have our TCG player and Dragon Shield affiliate links down below, as well as our sponsors, which are again, Gem Accessories, ETB Games, and Millennium Threads. So with that said, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast and have a great day, everybody. Take care, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.